Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome to the Feather, fe- not the Feathered. My goodness. <laughs> it's early morning when we record these. <laughs> Welcome to the Feathered Desert. This is part three of Birding by Ear in the Southwest. I'm excited for this one. For those of you who have listened to the first two episodes, you know how this works. For those of you just joining us, this is an interactive podcast, and you will need to grab your bird identification book so you can follow along with pictures to match with the bird calls we will play. And that means that you're going to be pairing the image of the bird with the call, and that will help cement the ID into your brain. So that helps you to become a better birding by ear birder. All right, and Cheryl is going to start us off with one of our cute little fun ones. Yes. So the canyon wren. This is a handsome small bird at four to six inches in size, but within a wren species they are medium-sized because wrens are small they are yes it has a long thin beak and the traditional long wren tail a round body with medium long legs and big feet sounds funny it does finished off the off the easy to recognize wren silhouette the canyon wren is brown from head to tail with small white dots covering the head i never noticed the white dots and back black striping covers the wings and the underbelly. Huh, I'm always just looking at the silhouette. Yeah. The rocks. A white chin spreads under, spreads down to the under upper belly, and its long tail is a rusty orange with black stripes. Ooh, he sounds handsome. Very pretty. This wren can be found year round in the southwest United States from northern, northern Washington state down through southern Mexico. Wow, it has quite a bit of range. And from California to the western western Texas, they get their name from the habitat preference that includes canyons, cliffs, rocky outcrops, and boulder piles. They are insect eaters, hopping around on rocks, hunting for prey, utilizing their long beak to poke into thin crevices. Kirsten needed a few with her when she was hiking the other day. Yes. <laughs> Grab your ID guide and find the canyon wren as we play their call. This wren rarely drinks water. Instead, it gets the moisture from its food. You can see and hear the canyon wrens out at Boyce Thompson Arboretum. Yes, I know there are plenty of other places, too, around the valley that you can see them um, and hear them. We were just out at Canyon Lake the other day, which is what you were saying. I needed one with me because I was getting bitten by bugs. And you can um, hear them out there. It's harder for me to see them out there, but Boyce Thompson has a resident one that um, once you know exactly where he is, you can wait for him sometimes and then hear him. And then if you're really patient, he'll start hopping around on a rock. And um, that is right, I can see it. Um, it's right at the South America Garden on the main trail. Um, the rocks that are behind that, you, there's usually one that lives out there. 
All right, so we're gonna move on to a little tiny guy. This is the Black Chin Hummingbird. The Black Chin Hummingbird is a year-round resident of Arizona. They are typically three and a half inches tall when they're full grown. Males and females are sexually dimorphic, which means they look different from each other. The male will be a brilliant emerald green on their head, down their back to the tip of the tail. The belly and underparts are white. The male's chin is covered with black feathers that look a deep purple when the sun hits it just right. The female will be the same size, but a less vibrant green with a white belly and a white chin. She's not gonna have any of that bright, fancy feathers on the chin. So one way to tell the difference between the Anna's hummingbird, if you've listened to our previous podcasts on uh, birding by ear, females and the black chin females is to look at the forehead. The black chin in and of itself, the males and the females forehead is very steeply sloped. It's, it's, it's almost like a triangle from yeah. the beak. Um, and it's very pronounced. There's no um, bump, kind of like you'd see in a typical forehead. It's very sloped. So black chin hummingbirds are found throughout the southwestern U.S. from northern Washington state to northern Mexico during the spring and summer. And they will migrate down to central Mexico for winter. They're found from California all the way to West Texas. But like I said before, we do have a year-round population here in Arizona. Uh, hummers are nectar drinkers and small insect catchers. So they can be found in a variety of habitats from mountain meadows, woodlands, and chaparral, even into suburban and sometimes urban areas. Uh, males are territorial during breeding season. Actually, males are kind of territorial all the oh, time, yeah. but much more so during breeding season. And they can be heard announcing their presence for all to hear. So flip through your ID guide and look for that black chin hummingbird. Make note of looking male versus female as we play their call. Now, this species of hummingbird uses diving displays during courtship and sometimes during territorial disputes. And the speed in which they move during these displays will actually make additional noise as the air flows through their feathers. Yeah, not all, I found out, not all hummingbirds do that diving display. Just a, um, a small handful of them do it. So it's really very interesting. So the vermilion flycatcher. The vermilion flycatcher, I love this bird. I it's do It's hard too. to miss. The small bird is five to six and a half inches, and the male is bright red, definitely bright red and black. The head, face, chest, and underbelly is bright red, while the neck, back, wings, back, excuse me, wings, and the tail are black. The black beak is pointed and small. The female looks completely different with a brown head, neck, back, wings, and tail. She's also, she also has a white throat with gray streaking on her underbelly and pink 
on her upper belly, excuse me, and pink on her underbelly. I don't think I've ever seen a female. I didn't even notice it when I started doing research on the vermilion flycatcher. I'm like, whoa, I kind of assume they all look the same because I think it's just harder to see them. They, they can blend in so easily, but she's got pink on her. How can we not like a bird with pink I on her? I know, <laughs> and the, but the male stands out. I mean, you can't miss him. Right. They are found in central Arizona through southwest Texas during spring and summer, but spend the rest of the year in Mexico. Sounds kind of nice. If you are looking for them during breeding season, the best places are wooded areas near water. Based on the name, you can probably guess that they are insect eaters. They hunt flying insects on the wing. They will perch on a branch over an open area waiting for something to fly by, then swoop down, grab the prey, and alight onto another branch and gobble it down. Yum, yum. To catch the attention of a lady, the male will often offer the female a showy insect, such as a butterfly. Acceptance leads to um, copu- copulation. Yes, which so is it's mating. like bringing the flowers. Yes, yes. and the chocolate. <laughs> and the chocolates. That's so sweet. Just a fancy yes. uh, insect instead. <laughs> Find the vermilion flycatcher in your ID ca- guide now and we'll will play their call. If you hear this, look up and you may catch sight of this amazing flycatcher. Yes. All right, now we're going to move on to an owl. I love little owls. This is the elf owl. The elf owl is a small bird, five to six inches in length. For an owl, five to six inches in length. That's half of a ruler size. That's a tiny little owl. And it's actually the smallest owl in the world. And we have it right here. And we do have it right here. Overall, this little one is brown in color with reddish brown, white, and gray spotting and streaking throughout their entire body. They essentially look like bark. That's what they look like. The chest is a lighter cream with red-brown streaking and cream-colored underparts. And they have distinctive markings around their eyes. They have a half circle of gray feathers that begins above the midpoint of the eye and then curves in toward the beak and ends at the midpoint below the eye. Juveniles will be gray all over and then the semicircles around the eyes being uh, more fully formed. Circles. Um, So it's kind of like that joke where, I don't know, it's like the Three Stooges or something like that and they put the ink on the inside of the um, circle for the binoculars and you put those up to your eye. That's kind of what it looks like, but it's only on the inside towards the nose, the adults, and then the um, juveniles will kind of have it spottily, but it'll look almost like a complete circle. So these owls can be found in central and southern Arizona in the spring and summer, as well as a small portion of southern west Texas. They migrate to Mexico in winter. They actually have a very small range and reside mainly in Mexico. So we're super, super lucky that we get these guys here in Arizona. They do prefer desert habitat, thorn scrub, mesquite riparian woodlands, and are most abundant in deserts dominated by saguaro cactus, which sounds a whole heck of a lot like our area. (laughs) So during breeding season, they nest in the saguaro cactus, and due to this habit, they actually have the highest fledging rate of any North American owl, with 70% of all of their eggs fledging. Wow. That's quite a lot of... uh, you would think that we'd that's so many. You think that they would be in abundance. Yes, but they're tiny, and um, they rely on such a specific type of habitat. 
So like other owls, they are raptors that capture and kill their prey with their talons. They typically eat insects, arthropods, small mammals, and small birds. Small, small mammals and small birds. Considering you're only five feet tall, I mean, sorry, five inches tall, that <laughs> you're eating something pretty tiny. And the coolest thing I thought about them was that they can hover to spook insect prey into flight where they can snatch them up more easily. Um, they are quite talkative after dark, and if you are uh, one of the lucky ones, you might hear them. So flip through your ID guide right now and find the little alpha owl. Note the markings around the eyes. That's the easiest way to tell them from something like a screech owl. And uh, we're going to play the call for you now. All right, Cheryl has got one of my favorites here, actually, the Gilded Flicker. The Gilded Flicker is a commonly seen woodpecker in the Phoenix Valley. They are 10 to 12 inches in length. Boy, we went from, we doubled our size we in a did. bird. <laughs> which does make them larger than our other common woodpecker, the Gila woodpecker. For more information on the Gila and to listen to their call, check out part one of the Birding by Ear. The gilded flicker has a distinct pattern of colorization. Coloration. Thank you. Jeez. <laughs> the top of the head and the back are light brown with black horizontal striping on the back and wings. The cheeks, neck, and throat are gray. The belly is white with black polka dots and a triangular black bib on the chest. I think that's the most pronounced. Um, Identifying mark is yes, is that bib? Yeah. The males and females will look similar, except the males will have a red mustache stripe on both sides of the beak. He's quite handsome. Yes. Kind of a handlebar mustache. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. The gilded flicker's range is very small. They are found in the lower southwest half of Arizona, down into Baja, Mexico. They prefer habitat with saguaro cactus, cottonwood-lined streams, and have adapted to living near humans. They eat insects, thank you, fruit and, and seeds. They will also forage for ants on the ground. Originally, the gilded flicker was lumped together with the northern flicker, but further studies show that they rarely interbreed and the northern... Oh, with the northern. With the northern, and were given their own... Taxonomy. Taxonomy, thank you. <laughs> Needed a little help there. It's, it's early morning. <laughs> Being recognized as a separate species, males will call loudly to establish territory and to advertise for mates. Grab your ID guide, find the gilded flicker as we play their call. All right, well, that is it for part three of Birding by Ear. I hope that that helps you move on to your next step of birding, which is to be able to identify birds by ear, which is difficult. It's hard. I was really, really good at it when I lived in Maryland. And then when we moved here, pretty much there's none of the birds that we have in Maryland here. So I'm like, mm, I don't know what that is. But I'm working on it, and uh, I like it because then when you're walking, it just gives you more, I don't know, I guess more to hear, more to do on your right. hike. Because sometimes you're not going to see the birds. No. And you'll be able to hear them. And I think it just enriches your experience a little bit more. It still goes on your checklist. If you can hear it yes. and you ID it, 
then it still counts. Then it still counts. <laughs> All right, guys, keep your eyes open for part four, which will be coming sometime. I'm not sure exactly when it will be happening. In the near future. But part four will be coming in the future. Bird song provided by Macaulay Library at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. The Canyon Wren, recorded by Pat Goltz. The Black Chin Hummingbird, recorded by Marky Mutchler. The Vermilion Flycatcher, recorded by Mike Herrell. The Elf Owl, recorded by Ryan O'Donnell. And the Gilded Flicker, recorded by Andrew Spencer.